Greetings there, Turtlecom listeners. Thank you, thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Uh, Daleks and I have been on quite a long hiatus, but we have not been unproductive. Uh, we have a wellspring of podcasts that we've recorded over the last year intermittently and just did not have the time to edit them together to put out any sort of season for you guys. That is our new goal and aim. We're going to be striving together to make sure that Turtle comes off in a regular fashion instead of intermittently. We just didn't want to do that before. Now we are just going to try and be creative and come up with great podcasts with great people as often as we can. Some life stuff happened. I got engaged. Daleks as well is uh, changing careers and going into voiceover and acting himself. All of these are personal notes. But sometimes life happens and your hobbies just kind of have to take a second seat for a while. But no more. We are extremely excited to be doing more episodes and they'll be coming out in regular intervals as soon as we can hammer out exactly what an interval for us is going to be reasonable to be. Stay tuned, Turtle Commies. We love ya. Turtle Com, Turtle Com, replace my rage with your calm. Take me back where I belong, back when my life had hope. Daleks and Tim lend their voice to Old Splinter and the boys. Tell us tales of turtle toys and Pat Fraley's quips and quotes. Cover me with toxic ooze, I've got nothing left to lose. Give me Bebop, keep the booze, cause he's my favorite swine. Turtle come, turtle come, two kilos of turtle come. If you teach me what I want, then April could be mine. Greetings, Turtlecom listeners. Hey, you guys, what up? We are taking a, a coffee break, I guess. <laughs> yeah, here we are around the coffee table. I got a mug in my hand. I've got a Guinness glass full of water. <laughs> Isn't Guinness just the water of life anyway? I have a lot of Irish friends in there. Uh, Contested it is. H2O gets me buzzed. <laughs> High on life, you might say. <laughs> um, we're here today to. to we have an opportunity to talk to a, I guess it was a programmer or... Uh, lead game designer. Lead game designer. Okay. This is a special interview episode uh, similar to uh, our interview with Kevin Eastman uh, that we did about a year ago. <laughs> so in a way, you could say Kevin Eastman opened for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. a headline. That's, yeah. <laughs> I have to follow that. <laughs> Don't worry, kid. We'll do fine. We'll do fine. Uh, Please welcome Joseph Mares. I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he was working on the project, the the new iOS app. Is it also on Android? Oh uh, yeah, it's on Android too. On Android, yes, iOS and Android app. Uh, TMNT Battle Match. Battle Match. That's uh, based around the 2012 series and uh, goes concurrently to where the. Sir, the series is right now story wise story wise so if you haven't watched the 2012 series and still need to catch up or want to do it yeah. <laughs> or download the app now then go watch it and then play it <laughs> I was going to do that I'm I'm feasibly a baker's dozen episodes behind uh, but I chose to download the app and I've been playing it incessantly <laughs> Okay. So that's good. Yeah, it's like I know what we're headed towards, and it's just fun for me because I'm like I like reading things out of order or like experiencing things out of order. So I think it just like it was fun for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, download it today, play it. It's wicked fun. 
So uh, the app itself uh, is based, at least story-wise, if you're just uh, just because we're on that subject right now, it takes place now after what is, I guess, being called the fourth season. Okay. But that I always wa- I download them from Amazon, so that's after volume six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the numbers of volumes versus seasons that just I, confuse everything. Yeah, it's I, that's my one criticism about this series is that I don't have any like guide point like there's no like <laughs> s- like compass for me to be like because we before we started today we were talking about so where are you at I don't know <laughs> I mean I don't have a map to like point to to say well here-ish yeah, I, yeah. Bebop and Rocksteady are just kind of coming into the, the oh, fold so yeah. and the DVDs have like four episodes it's the, yeah it's, four to six oh, episodes sometimes yeah, there was the one that was like the good the bad and the Casey Jones or whatever and it's yeah. like literally three episodes I think <laughs> yeah. you oh know? man Four, I think it might have just been four. The other ones have like between like six and maybe seven. But yeah, it was a kind of just like, oh, here you go. Kind of like, of episodes. Yeah, it was like they just clearly needed to release something to meet, you know, mm. a profit yeah. margin for that year. <laughs> what if we just put these four on a DVD real quick? But where we are in the series now is essentially not to give away too much, but the turtles have joined up with Daleks and my probably favorite character in the Trilly universe. Uh, Fugitoid, yeah, and are uh, going off on a space exploration. Fugitoid to... has a new cool look too, by the way. I'm totally oh, yeah. for. I, d- is it? I like it. <laughs> it kind I think of looks it's like every Fugitoid I've ever seen. No, just CG and awesome. No, because he's he's white. He looks he's like he's always he's white. No, <laughs> he was gold back in the day. Oh, the action figure. Oh, but the actual Fugitoid was white. Yeah. Oh, see, I, don't, sure. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. I don't remember his voice in the old one, but in the new one, I like the way he sounds. Yes, in the new one, he's played by David Tennant, which yeah. is awesome. Because <laughs> cool. Doctor Who fan. When a Time Lord shows up to yeah. be a robot guide, guardian or guidance, uh, whatever. I'm trying really hard, but I can't. Well, he's also in uh, the new Marvel series, uh, Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones, as a villain. Yes, and that is a very hard series to watch. But Tennant plays the Purple Man, but he's not called that in the series. Kilgrave. Kilgrave, if you will, and I see that you're wearing a Donatello bracelet. Oh, yeah. Is our purple hero your favorite? Yeah, out of all the turtles, Donatello's always been my favorite. You're um, a good man. Regardless, <laughs> regardless of series? Uh, regardless of series, yeah. Okay. Because he's kind of like, like everyone can kick ass, but he can also like solve problems technically. Because he's engineer. smart. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, how can you beat him? Yeah, no, I, I was... I, 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 I transitioned into Raphael in adulthood only because I'm sarcastic and kind of an asshole. Um, so I felt like, oh, that's my guy. Um, but growing up, like, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Like, yeah. his, uh, his affiliation with science and knowledge, um, and I, I don't know, like a stick, that's actually kind of a cool weapon. Like, yeah, you know, a bow staff? There's nothing wrong with a bow staff. Well, he uses it as a tool also. Yeah. So he's smart about it. It's not just uh, only a weapon. He uses it to, like, Defense. bolt himself over and stuff right. like that but I actually have kind of transitioned over to Michelangelo okay because yeah. uh, I kind of loosened up as I got older <laughs> <laughs> was it so like logical and like technical and so I, I started to appreciate how in the moment Michelangelo is so I'm like oh I, I could see why Michelangelo could defeat him or do it like when he's in Dimension X in the new series yeah like he's oh, like the very smartest fun. guy in Dimension X right because everything's yeah. crisscrossed and backwards and yeah upside exactly down and it's well and he had been there for so long mm-hmm. yeah. so it was like kind of like a he was he was the he was on like home field you know advantage there for a while yeah 
which leads me like us back to something we were talking about earlier. Uh, how did you get invo- How did you get started into game uh, design? And uh, uh, how long is this podcast? <laughs> 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 so it started with uh, like I since I was a kid. Actually, the Turtles game, the 1989 arcade game, is what really made me want to develop games because. I was, I was such a horrible childhood, but uh, I had like a really traumatic childhood experience, and then I went to the arcade, and I, that's like the the first day I saw the game, and I was like, "All oh, my problems are gone, like, they're all away," and I was like, "This is amazing," you know. It's and easy it, to get like absorbed in that. Like I remember exactly the same experience. Like I, the whole world would like fade away when I was yeah. playing that game. Yeah, like and it was it was so cool, and I just could just think about it when I was like walking home, and I was like, and uh, so I'm like, "Oh, I want to do that. I want to make games," and it started with the Turtles game. But but I grew up like in like in East LA. I was like really poor and all that stuff, and I was on welfare mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, so I was like, well, I want to do that, but I also want to be a pro wrestler. That's <laughs> like every kid dream. I want to be a fireman and a ninja. Naturally, yeah. If I could have grown up to be Jake the Snake, <laughs> I'd been fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. So I went to wrestling school because it's like, well, I could it's just physical thing. You know, I don't have to be smart or no prog- programming or anything. And wrestling school was really, really, really hard. Like, way, way hard. Oh, yeah. Like, physically, mentally, like, everything about it. And plus, I had stage fright. So, I probably should have went into it. Yeah, I just didn't, all that didn't matter. I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about, like, yeah, being, being champion and all that. So, once I kind of got all that beat out of me, um, and I actually, like, graduated and I, like, Google graduated, but, like, I, I stuck through it. I didn't, like, so many people quit, like, on the first day and stuff. Sure. I just stuck through it. And by the time I was done, I was like, wow, I didn't, that was such an amazing experience. Um, I feel like I can do anything now. And then I was like, I just went that next like month and I got a job at Activision as a tester and I, and I started going to school for game design because I had like all this confidence in the world. And, um, ever since then I've been working in the game industry and I graduated school and I started designing games and I've been doing it for 11 years now. Wow. So, yeah, so I've done stuff. Um, I worked on League of Legends. Oh wow! Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I, I named that game. You uh, named the game. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did you work with Scott Rok- uh, Rokuma? I was there in 2007, and oh, there okay. was like 15 people <laughs> in the company. Got it. So, yeah, yeah. It's, I um, think it's grown <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Maybe like two or three people. Yeah, yeah. by two or three. They yeah. Had a, uh, Max. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I designed like a, an attraction at Disneyland, like a LARPing attraction. It's funny you're talking about LARPing earlier, uh, called Legends of Frontierland. Hmm. So I love jumping around and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But the one thing that I've always wanted to do was to design a Turtles game. Ooh. And so when this opportunity came, I was like, I'm in it. I, this is like, this is like my whole life. Like I turned into an eight year old again. I was like, yeah. So yeah, so this was like a really, really cool project and I, I, I wanted to do, like I felt like I was representing all the fans designing yeah. this yeah. because um, a lot of the times some people would just develop it and they're like, okay, we got to work on this IP and we got to work on this IP and we're doing an alias game or whatever. Mm. Well, like we were talking about earlier, sometimes you just take a job to make rent. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> But yeah. it's good to like have the passion projects that you just get to leap into and it's mm. a yeah. place for you to, you know exhibit your creative uh passions and stuff yeah and and with a game like turtles there's you can't just you can't just say like well leonardo is gonna is gonna have this special for just for a a random reason like they're they have very defined goals and they have very they have different ways of thinking so and if the fans can will notice the nuances in the characters because i remember the first time i ever uh i'm I'm really good at judging things (laughs) uh (laughs) The first you time, should get into casting. 
<laughs> That'll be your next adventure down the line. Uh, the, the first, the first thing I noticed, uh, the first thing I noticed as a kid judging was in the second Ninja Turtles movie. Um, I was so excited for it because the first one was so good. Yeah. And yeah. first one was exceptional. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. And the first two scenes with Donatello, I was like, huh? Like, is that Donatello? Why is he acting like that? And like, why is he giggling? And like, what? And, and so ever since then, I've always been like into the nuances of characters. Like they have to act like how people expect them. Right. Yeah. And I knew I could do that with this game. So. Well, that's good. Cause like, yeah, I was looking down the, uh, the list of games that have kind of come out since, Ninja Turtles, <laughs> 2K12, uh, or Nick Turtles, as is commonly referred to, mm-hmm. started in 2012, and there have been two 3DS titles, well, to me, 3DS titles, because that's the platform I played on. They're on mm-hmm. yeah, 3DS, Wii, 360, and the second one was on PS3 as well, mm-hmm. of the of this uh, iteration animation um, storyline of the 2012 series. Uh and then there was also a web browser game called Dark Horizons, which ugh. <laughs> I, I watched. I watched some gameplay of it, and it was just nothing but like you know load screens and like watching Mikey and like they're basically shadow versions of Mikey and shadow versions of, of Leo. Uh-huh. Like you know, it was just kind of like there were dark shapes with the blue bandanas and arm pads and stuff, and they're. They're like the outlines of the turtles running through this dark catacombs and fighting weird monsters I'd never seen before. <laughs> so it completely did not feel like they were doing justice to the series that they were claiming to be. Right. And I never played uh, Rooftop Run on iPad, but uh, that one looks closer again back to the battle match. But it was just so interesting to see Dark Horizons be so far removed from what the, the characters are. Yeah. Uh, but even with the. Um, uh, the Nickelodeon's TMNT game um, on the major consoles, and then the Danger of the Use game. Mm. Uh, it sounded like they got a lot of the voice acting talent to come in and keep the continuity going for the kids that are playing these games. Yeah, like Rob Paulson being Donatello, mm-hmm. all all those characters. Yeah, uh, and at least sound alikes. Yeah. Oh, there's really good sound alikes. Um, I was in the recording booth for. Uh, for two people because I had I was like very busy <laughs> during that entire development process um, but I was there for for Raphael John Austin and um, and they said Fugitoid and I was like oh this is cool uh, and it was but it was a sound like for Fugitoid yeah. and he's a very talented actor um, I think he does Roy I can't remember what the... I, I believe I believe that's his name he was really good though um, but uh, yeah it was amazing like just to sit in there one day and it have have them like have all your dialogue being read by them and they're just like spot on and it's just yeah. real and that's that's like the biggest part of the game that i like is the voice acting is that was that at a separate studio or is that at your guys's spaces that you guys work uh, in typically or? That, that was at a separate studio in santa monica oh sure um and it's funny because uh i wasn't there on this day but uh, greg sipes mm-hmm. Uh, Michelangelo, um, they had, I guess they had like really tight schedules so they could only do it on this day and oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, uh, the, the day that, uh, he was supposed to come in, he, he wasn't, he didn't show up. And okay. so, so, <laughs> and you have the recording suited for like an hour or whatever. And like, there's like, we had it released very soon and we only had, we only had so much time to put the voices and all that. So I think they called his manager and his manager said he was out surfing. <laughs> and, and I was like, "That's totally Michelangelo." 
And they, I guess they contacted him and he was still in the beach in Santa Monica. And he just came down within the hour and he did like all his lines like perfectly. And I was like, that's totally a Michelangelo. That's, that is Michelangelo right there. I'm supposed to be somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what? <laughs> just got some age curl, bro. Let's do some lines. <laughs> I mean, I can't even speak to the insanity of that. Like, because I know the kind of pressures that are, like, go- coincide with, like, trying to, like, understanding you have this amount of time to get this thing done. I've yeah. been down that road with casting. It's like yeah. if we're testing a series regular... It's like you have very small windows of time to get, you know, something very important done that's going to affect seven years of someone's career. <laughs> this, you know, is it does affect seven years, but you're you're in a time crunch and you know yeah. that he's nowhere to be found. That's a terrifying experience. <laughs> and then, I mean, was he still like in his wetsuit or like what was like? Uh, I, I wasn't there that day. Okay, so right, I, right. Wish, I wish I had known, but I, I think Rob Hawson and uh, Greg Seitz have like the best. Like the the, you, the 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 nuances of character really come out in yeah. the things that they're saying, yeah. and they they really make the game. I, I feel oh, just the way they're yeah. the way they uh, um, the way they communicate with each other in the game. So yeah. I it's fun because the the game has this kind of like um, uh, assist move mm-hmm. where you co- you combo some turtle shells yeah. and Mikey pops out. Yeah, uh, and you're right. Like it's how he does it. Yeah. It has that, like you said, the very nuanced focus of what of what we expect from yeah. It's like from what the character. would Mikey say if he if he jumped in? And... I'm a hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, funny. I just gave it away, guys. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Um, but yeah, even in the character select screen, like what would Raphael say? What would what would Donatello say? You know, because it's and then the also I always factor in that. Well, they're also teenagers. Some people right. forget that they are. Right. So they're in space. So they're playing like, oh, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm in space. Look at how cool this is. So they they kind of role play a little bit. Like when you highlight um, uh, Raph, Donnie, or or Michelangelo, they'll say like, "Ready, Captain." Right. And then when you highlight Leonardo, he says, "Mr. Fujitoid, set course." Because they're still kind of role playing and they're still teenagers. So there's like a lot of that nuanced mm-hmm. stuff that 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 I was able to put in, in there. Oh, yeah. Especially the Mr. Fugitoid thing, because, like, the whole thing is a, at least in the first few seasons, they were, like, really into that Star Trek parody. Right. Yeah. I loved that, because it was a constant through line. It felt very similar to the Black Sails in Watchmen. It's like that other storyline that you kind of get to be privy to. Oh, yeah. Through, uh, sorry, uh, referencing um, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' uh, 80s comic classic. But it's like, it's that other story, you know? But it's yeah. just as integral, and it, they parallel each other, and one is a metaphor well, anyway especially you get since Leonardo <laughs> seems to be the one who is super into the Star Trek series right yeah. right. and uh, even even that uh, well actually the game was originally called Space Heroes oh no which is, uh, which that's is, so funny because that's what the series was called yeah and um, but but it wasn't on the nose enough because kind of for apps you want to be a little more you want people to ex- yeah. know what to expect by just the title so sure. you change it about battle match that's literally what it's- I experienced <laughs> when I play the game is above the, the <laughs> screen that you're tapping at is the turtles battling <laughs> some sort of enemy sometimes zombies uh, sometimes, sometimes it's pirates robots no was it pirates I forget um, <laughs> yeah aliens, the, the first aliens, yeah. Yeah. and I wanted to at some point and I'm just going to do it now um one thing that Tim and I did a while back was we went 
I mean, it's been a while. It was like at the the inception of our podcast. Mm. Was we went to Loscon Forty and we played right. old games and we oh, played yeah. the tournament fighters. Uh, and the stage select is going from planet to planet. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. I just was curious. Was that at all influential in how you guys? I mean, by the nature of of the arena that you're playing in, uh, that they're in space, yeah. it makes sense. But like, I saw that correlation. I was like, I wonder if it has anything to do uh, with tournament fighters because that was like very much a part of like. Oof. I that wish game. I had thought of that. Oh, <laughs> but no, we had to do like twelve levels and then twenty-four. So and then also the series goes in a in a certain uh, it goes in a certain direction. Like it, you have to go here, then you have to go here, then you have to go here. So, but I did put a ton of stuff that is a callback to other games, uh, especially like the arcade game and even even up to like the new um, the new movies. Uh, like like uh, whenever you get pizza, they say. <laughs> We've got a. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a silent producer here today. Her name is Libby. Hey, Libby. Uh, and she's a pit pug mix. <laughs> so sorry if you hear her. That's what that is. She was just wagging her tail on the microphone. Oh goodness. We'll chop that out in a minute. <laughs> Too um, many to take her back. She just jumped into my lap. I didn't even try to do it. <laughs> All right. She's fine. Now. Okay. Cool. So I'm sorry. You were saying about the in the oh, pizza in the games. Oh yeah, because one of my favorite things in the in the old game was that when you get the pizza, they say pizza time. Pizza. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like all the voice actors, they say pizza time when you whenever you get pizza. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I was just showing him my wallet that says exactly that. Pizza time. <laughs> I get so many compliments on it. I'm like it's my favorite thing I own. Mm-hmm. Pizza time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's stuff from the current season. Like uh, there's one episode where Michelangelo is actually humming. The old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle yes! song, and uh, I thought it'd be cool. Like when you use his special, he hums the song. I thought that was genius. <laughs> and then there's even stuff from like if if you're uh, if well, if you're Michelangelo again, um, it, if you lose, he he says, uh, "At what point did we lose control here?" <laughs> which is which is from the movie 1990 movie. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael, it's a lot more Michelangelo. Uh, uh, and in the new in the new movie, um, when you do one of his weapon attacks, he says. I'm a snapping turtle. Watch me snap. Cause yeah. the movie says it. So I, I just got all of these like really cool things that I knew turtle fans would like. Right. And I put as many of them as I could, uh, in the game. So that was really cool. I, uh, as a fan and as somebody who w- was taking note of those different things, um, I'm super grateful because it feels like when I play some of these other games like Out of the Shadows I like I avoided it because I was just like afraid that it didn't it wasn't catering and I mean I think it was an Activision developed game still wasn't it? or whatever it's it's tough to say because the the last three games were I think yeah they're under Activision but this is Viacom so I don't know who they've licensed it out to somebody else yeah and it's usually like specific so it could be console games sure but then Viacom could have mobile and then someone else could do web or so it's it's, it it differs by regardless some of these other games didn't feel like that there was a tether from the world that we all know and love, or mm-hmm. worlds, because there's yeah. now been over 30 years so many iterations of these. Yeah. That there was no tether to the to that existing, you know, canon, and so to have yeah. that in this game was really fun and super satisfying. Yeah, I, that to me that was the most important thing was was um, uh, like we were building a lot of features, and I knew that was all cool, but it wouldn't matter if this wasn't because this is for turtles fans right yeah. no one's gonna pick this up that doesn't like turtles <laughs> so uh, i i wanted to make sure it was like very and even there's even subtle things that people will never notice but donatello has always been a, a overpowered character in in a lot of the games oh yeah so um when you level he up his, his he, yeah yeah he said the original he could reach so much further with his staff yeah he could yeah that that was he was so people have always picked him just for because he was 
so a little stronger. So in this game, when you level up all the way, Donatello actually has like one or two points more than everyone else. It's not noticeable, but he is a little stronger because he's always been a little stronger in video games. That's mm. so funny. And, and he always points out all the ways to win in boss battles because he's the logical one. Right. So Raphael isn't going to pontificate on how to destroy an ice dragon, but Donatello could see like, hey, hit that thing and destroy him. So it's kind of like, who would say it in this situation? You know, how would they really react to each other? So, not only are you a designer, but you're also uh, you're a writer in that sense because how you in, interpret and use the knowledge of, that you have of the characters to to add, augment the gameplay is like I mean that's that's a very that's a whole other level too you know yeah I mean I haven't done like actual writing for anything but I mean that's that's my thought process so I mean I guess I could go into writing <laughs> after this but to me that was the most important thing was 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 all that um, and then uh, also the for all the cutscenes. Um, Brandon Almond did like write all of those. Oh, cool! And we got to like talk a little bit about. Uh, it's cool because there's uh, there's a one part. There's one level where you fight. Uh, I don't know. Spoiler alert! But uh, you fight um, Mozart, the the lead Triceraton. Oh, okay. And right. in the game, you you pick one turtle, and the other turtle, three turtles are captured. So by connecting tiles, you free the other turtles oh, because. Cool. You can't beat him one-on-one. He's too strong. Right. But in, during the game, you free him, and then you have a chance to beat him. So um, I had to, c- to communicate to him that in this cutscene, he he can't, he can't has to end up catching three turtles. Right. So he kind of edited the story a little bit, so it worked with that. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to continue. I just I was playing it a lot today. <laughs> so I'll be uh, I'll be finishing that probably yeah, this I mean, week. I played it uh, I played it over the, the holidays and I, I admittedly like I just feel like I suck at it because I'll get like halfway through like the second world and I'm just like, man, I gotta level up my guys. <laughs> just uh, I don't know, a few quick questions here and then I think we can just say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, I guess, uh, I mean, we kind of heard your, you have an origin moment there with um, the Ninja Turtles arcade. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, what is your kind of continuous history with Turtles? Has it always been a present thing, or is it something you come back to every few years, or is it was it your kid childhood and you're just revi- revisiting it? Um, it's it's one of those, yeah, it was, so like I was saying before before this started, uh, I love the Turtles, the, the 87 one, um, the old cartoon series, but I don't want to go back to it because it, it's stronger as a memory than it is. <laughs> if I went back and I saw it because I'm, I pick everything apart so much, I would just... Which just is what we it. do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've never wanted... I went back once and I was like the first episode and I was horrified. And I, I don't remember it being that bad. I was like, how? I, so I just stopped. Um, but I always, I always use it as, as a reference because it, it, it's such a strong memory for me. I always go back to like how teams and villains and all this stuff should work. So it's kind of like a point of inspiration for things, especially for game development and things like that. So I always reference and I go back to it. Um, but I don't actively like if there's a new movie or whatever, I'll watch it, yeah. but I don't like going back, uh, to see anymore. Um, I've seen like the new 2012 turtles, like each episode, like four or five times. Oh, wow. <laughs> they're very good. So <laughs> they I understand. Are very good. I think I've, I've only rewatched probably the first two seasons, but, uh, I've watched, I've, I can go back and watch them anytime. <laughs> I, I think I've rewatched dream beavers. No short of six times. Wow. I think it's very funny. <laughs> and also the fact that Robert England and, uh, what's oh, his yeah. name? 
uh, they got there were t- these two guys that split. They split the two the four beaver roles, um, mm-hmm. and they're Classic just horror. yeah, they're they're horror icons. It's just genius. So a quick question for you guys: oh, yeah. Who is your favorite? We'll start with Daleks. <laughs> who, I get to be on the spot. Who's who's your favorite non turtle character? Like in canon, like just like either a villain or like an ally. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, I feel like I've answered this question before, and I, I um, mm, I love. I, I like the sculpt of uh, Ray Fillet as a toy, but character wise, kind of like doesn't really live up to anything. I do you remember what I've said in the past? Uh, I'm reaching out to Tim now because I'm <laughs> I'm blanking. I mean, I I know what I would say because I thought we we had the same answer, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know what yours is, yeah. uh, and it's close. But I'm uh, I'm gonna say Mondo Gecko, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but because he was, he was cool and like it was I also I really that... love Mondo Gecko in this year in the 2K uh, in the Nick Turtle series. Yeah, no, they took it to a whole other level. You know what though, Leatherhead. Leatherhead. Leatherhead from the days of old, and then Leatherhead today. Nice. Two totally different ways to go, mm-hmm. and I think they did the right thing in not making him that stereotypical Cajun character. Yeah. From, oh yeah. From the days of you know the eighties and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it, it serviced us then, but we did not need it to see it again. <laughs> um, Being a Donatello fan, I again encourage you to go back and re- watch the Two K Three series because uh, he's more akin to Donatello in that series, huh. where he is more of a brilliant genius oh i did not know that see there there is the turtle stuff i have not watched (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then for me i always say fugitoid oh Uh, really yeah just because i think he's such an i mean the way he gets swept up in the action and stuff and i don't like i mean as far as his origin goes you know he's just kind of he's building stuff and then his brain gets sapped into this robot he was building uh and so now he's kind of this immortal genius uh, in a way, I mean, his robot's body can be destroyed and everything, but uh, so I, I like I like him just because he's kind of I don't know he's kind of I don't when it goes to the realm of like D and D you know like uh, are you chaotic evil or, or, or <laughs> like, sure I'm, I'm never I'm never going to choose usually the neutral characters but he's he is kind of outside of it and he's kind of this uh, benevolent neutral in a way that's true yeah and I find that interesting at least in that world where it's always it's always so easily polarized with every character as soon as they're introduced and right. he's just kind of like well I just kind of want to help people <laughs> yeah he, he, yeah he's kind of like the voice of reason yeah. it's like if he's watching Turtles with you and he like points something out and you're like oh yeah <laughs> he's not even in it he's and, like, then, and then if I was to do the second I'd say maybe Usagi Ujumbo oh, which yeah. is amazing and Thank goodness for um, what's his name who created that. I can't believe I'm spacing on his name. Um, insert the name of artist <laughs> and uh, comic writer here. <laughs> Daleks is referring to Stan Sakai, the sole creator, author, and artist of Usagi Ujumbo, The Warrior Rabbit, first published in 1984. He, there was a signing at Meltdown that I went to and I bought his the book because it was a bunch of artists contributed and they sold this book uh, because of the name of the man who is currently eluding me. Again, Stan Sakai. Uh, his wife has had a struggle with cancer, and this was a benefit, you know, book signing for, for that purpose. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of cool people contributed, and like people like Doug Tenapple, yeah. Drew Earthworm Jim, and then also, oh, cool. yeah, uh, Usagi 
in his style and it was just really I mean it was a cool book I have like I have it preserved in a in a, like a Rubbermaid tub <laughs> as preserved as it can be there but uh, I think I'm going to take it out and look at it again preserved in a Rubbermaid tub <laughs> in a greasy garage somewhere no it's in my room are you kidding me I wouldn't dare put it in some garage um, I'm, since you got a second one I will follow up with uh, it's not a specific character, but like the race of the Triceratons, as we talked about earlier, yeah. by far. I mean, the fact They're that cool. yeah, yeah. they just uh, outrageously cool. Yeah, I love the new the how they have a little bit of a Star Wars Star Trek vibe to them in the newer ones, yeah. like the way they phase out and when they're talking in the cockpit and they have like the helmets on. It's like it's really cool. It's like and that harkens back to like Eastman and Laird's comics, though. That was very much an influence. Uh, oh, on, yeah. on how they wrote those characters, those, uh, those floating, you know, was it ship asteroid things that they have, or all the way back from the original comics, yeah. the original like uh, ten run of the comics. That's cool because they were huge Star Wars nuts. Huge. Oh. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Keith, Kevin Eastman loves nerd stuff. <laughs> yeah. they, we even asked him in an interview, like, uh, like what do, do, what do you pull from pop culture? He's like, oh, everything. Pop culture, yeah, <laughs> love those things. Yeah, it yeah. was fun to hear him uh, have such an affinity towards the flaming carrot, which uh, is was one of the uh, inspirations for one of my favorite movies. Which is he doesn't the, that character does not appear in it, but uh, it's in that world. It's the Mystery Men. If you ever saw that in, from '99, uh, it was like all these like B level character uh, <laughs> superheroes. But that like came from the world of the flaming carrot. Oh, so I didn't know that. totally random, oh, yeah. Cool. It's funny. I, I like that. Uh, just really quick, because that just reminded me of uh, even the the two K twelve series of Turtles. They do like really good callbacks to older uh, um, turtle lore. Like I didn't notice it until because I was watching so many episodes of the new one that the pose that they strike at the end of the first intro is the exact pose from the first issue of Turtles. And I was like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. They do little stuff like that. So I just love things like that. Oh, which. Leads me to like my last couple of questions, and they can be short answers too. Uh, was it one? This is sounds like a stupid question, but do you game? Because <laughs> I, I worked in in testing for a while, and there are people there who are just like, you know, what? I can't game anymore after doing this. <laughs> um, I actually don't, uh, mostly because of time. Yeah. Um, but when I do game, it's it's uh, if there's something really cool and new. And I want to try it out, um, but I don't do it to be competitive or to in, in, beat the game or anything. It's just to kind of get a feel of for what the designer was doing, mm-hmm. and and so I always look at the newest stuff like that. If it's derivative, like another Call of Duty or whatever, I just want to play it. Right. But uh, unless it's the new Star Wars Battlefront, because like <laughs> I, I have to nerd out. But now you played. I heard a lot of criticism for that game because it was it felt limited in this in the scope of what you do. But like there's like the Hoth battle seems to be what people really took to right um i i i'm sure it is because <laughs> at some point it, people start it, especially if it's something that's been done already they start making they start making it more more constraints on it to keep it to try to streamline it because uh, usually when something new happens in games uh you're the first one through so all you break all the walls down you do all the crazy stuff you want and then constraints start coming in the more you do the game over and over again uh but I was fine because I wanted to be Emperor Palpatine. There you go. <laughs> and, and I was him finally. I was like, finally, I could play him, and that's all I that's all I cared about. So, uh, I'm I'm re- really good. Unlike other people who work in the game industry, um, uh, I'm really good at disconnecting myself from the development part and just enjoying something how it's like mm. how they ever, however they meant to 
they have it enjoyed. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Uh, and then so it's kind of interesting that you look for the things that you find uh, new and creative or exciting in the games other than the stuff that's derivative uh what would you say then is your favorite part of the battle match game oh man <laughs> i i that's a tough one um i it's <laughs> there's a couple of things there's one easter egg in there that i'll tell you about later uh, I would say it's, oh, the hardest thing was that it was, it was just going to be a matching game. You match stuff and then that's it. Uh-huh. And then, um, there was a, it was supposed to start off as just, you do a move, you wait for the dude to do a move and then you do another move. Uh, and that game exists like times a million. Yeah. So we were like, what if we made it? like an actual fight like it was responsive like a fight mm. and there were so there that can of worms was so big yeah there was so many things that had to be fixed and thought about because this was like a new a new way of thinking of the game so just overcoming all that because halfway through it it's like I, I think we have to go back to turn-based because mm. this isn't working but we really wanted it to be like an arcade game yeah and f- making that work that whole system work is was it's probably just because of the difficulty yeah. it's probably like my favorite thing about the game cool yeah really rad. i definitely can see that uh and then lastly for those in your field any advice you'd like to throw out there yeah for people who are interested in game development first i have, I have a podcast called uh, game design with joe method where i just talk all about game development advice and theories and things like that and i interview uh, people in the industry um, but also, uh, just do the thing you want to do right now. You could start developing on your own, even if, even if it's just like a board game, just dice and paper. Um, if you don't enjoy doing that and balancing that, you're not going to enjoy developing games because it's just more complicated version of that. So just start doing it right now. And you don't need a degree, to be honest. You don't need a degree to, nobody cares about a degree in the game industry. They just look at your portfolio. Like what can you do and how easy are you to get along with? Right. Yeah. So just be pleasant and just start doing the thing you want to do right now. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Did you start making like paper games and stuff or was that like, uh, uh, yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I did like paper board games and things like that. And I made my own action figures yeah. like out of paper. Uh, and, and before I started working in the game industry, I was, I pulled a bunch of kids and stuff from everywhere and we were making like indie games. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just, we're just kind of just making stuff. But eventually I started figuring out how, how to do stuff. And then, so that's why I was working in the industry way before I graduated. Cause I was just proactive on, on my own, just kind of, just kind of hammering it and just always going at it. So cool. cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Joseph. Um, Any other questions? No, I think uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And if you haven't already, uh, listeners, check out Battle Match uh, for iOS and Android, available for purchase. Uh, And you're going to get addicted just like we did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, can I plug my my other podcast? Yeah, please do. Sorry. Uh, um, I'm also at uh, whatmakesitfun.com, and we have a podcast there where we interview like Disney Imagineers and movie producers and stuff like that, talking about what makes a product engaging and fun. So please check them out there. Groovy. Oh, what, sorry, what was that again? Uh, what makes it fun? What makes it fun? Uh, the the oh yeah, the podcast is What Makes It Fun with Joe and Amy. That's so the name of it. Yeah. Cool, cool, dope. All right, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Again, Stan Sakai.